Hello, 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 and welcome to Naked Onion Mystery Tours podcast, where I, Edith Ivy Rosenblatt, aka Kim, and Lauren will be your host today. Hello, Lauren. How are you? Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Are you ready to talk about today's uh, today's topic? Yep. Fucking swear words. Yes, girl. Yes. Did you get to watch your homework? I watched a little bit of it and then got kind of sidetracked with my work on Friday. And then as anybody who's been listening knows, I have a grandbaby from Friday afternoon until yesterday afternoon. We were at Disney celebrating his (laughs) goddamn third birthday. (laughs) That's awesome. That's what did he think about that? Uh, You know, he... Loved it, head over ass, in love with Disney. And, you know, I, I'm a bit of an ass myself when I'm at Disney because I'm a fucking little kid. So yeah. I am going to use every swear word there is in the I English think language. that's appropriate. I mean, since <laughs> we're going over swear words and everything. Yeah. Um, but I did have a question. Yes. How is Disney handling the whole COVID thing? We walked in to everywhere we went. No no lines, no nothing, just it's regular, no masks, no temperature taking, no nothing. Wow. Yeah. We went to Disney Springs and to Epcot and it's just the regular, um, you know, security checks, no masks, no temperature check, no nothing, no physical distancing. Although there are signs everywhere that request that you try to keep three feet distance between you and another party it's, it's crap again do you know what well, i mean you know yeah you know what's so funny about that is we as a people are so touchy-feely yes you know we are we are inappropriately i'm constantly battering people <laughs> well hell's gonna freeze over before oh I- that's right uh, yes 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 so- yes well, I did watch, I, I sat down, I don't know how I did it, but Netflix has um, a series on swear words with Nicholas fucking Cage. I love it. And, <laughs> and he, he was so awesome. Yes. He, he really, I mean, I don't know. When I hear, when I cuss, I don't even think of it as a cuss word. I, let's start with that. Okay. How you how we feel about swear words. To me, a swear word feels more like the the cat, the dog. You know what I mean? I do. It's it's just another word. And when I was 14 years old and I heard it for the first time, we were in a diner and I just sat there and I said Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> At 14. And my mom was like, oh. I looked at her and I said, fuck. <laughs> I did. I mean, because it didn't have the same veracity right. for me that it did for her. Right. It didn't burn my ears. It just, it's funny to watch people have that like that 
their head jerks, their eyes close, their eyes open, their eyebrows raise up. They just have this, they emote. Yes. Yes. And it's, I think, I personally think it's because we are raised with the understanding that only the blank, fill in the blank, use swear words. Only the ignorant, only the uneducated, only the stupid. Only, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we are taught that swearing doesn't create an air of being knowledgeable or being able to, you know, communicate or, um, I don't know, you know what I'm getting at. And to me, I find that, you know, like around my grandson, we are all trying to be a little bit more careful because we don't want the mimicking, you know, Mm -hmm. parrot to be off telling people to fuck off, you know, exactly (laughs) who tells them where to go. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, I have, you know, a good friend I've known for 31 years. I have another good friend I've known for 39 years. We're all Marines and we don't go through a conversation without what an asshat, what a joke, what a fucking, Mm -hmm. you know, hell's going to freeze over. You're going to hell. God damn it. What the Jesus Mm -hmm. H Christ, what the hell's wrong with those? I mean, it's just kind of. Oh my God. And if we get on a roll, fuck could be every third word. Right. You know? Well, it, it doesn't, I feel like, you know, when I was talking, we've, I've got this group of ladies I, I hang with and I take Thurston. We created this dog park and there's such a variation in age. Like I'm 52 and I think another lady is like 63 and there's, another lady who's 73 and another lady who's 68 and each one of them has an experience. Like I think they listened to our last podcast and they said, wow, (laughs) like they, the, the, even the idea of using that word is like it, they don't do that and they they said to me oh well you guys sounded like dr joyce brothers <laughs> you know because yeah. i guess dr dr j used to drop a few of the f-bombs every now and then you know well good and for thought, her she was a yeah. lady ahead of her time exactly and and that's where their mindset was was like oh wow that was really colorful you know what's what i think is funny about that and i'm glad you kind of brought up age not in an ageist way but just as a kind of line of delineation i think that's so funny that there are some older people men and women i'm sure that are like oh you shouldn't talk like that my grandmother and grandfather used to cuss each other out in yeah. Italian. I mean, from you ugly fucking assholes, uh, your face is so damn ugly, it shouldn't be on my ass. I mean, 
Do you know what I mean? And yeah. this, they thought because they were cussing in Italian, we didn't know. Well, of course we knew. My aunts and uncles taught us all what they were saying. That's when you hear so grandpa and grandma talk like that, they're yelling at each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best. That's the best. And I think, I think the funny part is, it's like my mom would gasp every time I said I had a cuss like cuss and there was one day and I was like I was making chocolate chip cookies for the whole family and um I was was mixing it I was mixing it and and I told her I said um these fucking cookies are gonna be fucking awesome and my mom looks at me and goes, motherfucker. <laughs> For like the first time ever. Yeah. Ever known her to do that. And she did it. And I was so proud. <laughs> I think it had something to do with the cookies. <laughs> I think, you know what I mean? I think it's funny too. Don't you think that? The first time your parents do anything like that in front of you, it's almost makes you feel like, oh my God, maybe I'm growing up. Maybe they accept me a little bit as an adult. You know, (laughs) I remember the first time, you know, we had Sunday dinner every Sunday as a kid and you didn't get to sit at the dining room table. There was a card, couple of card tables because there were 16 grandchildren and three, nine, 11 adults, you Mm -hmm. know? And so there were 27 of us at the dinner table every Sunday. And so, you know, my grandfather sat at the head and then all the adults kind of moved down the actual dining room table. And then there were a couple of folding tables put up (laughs) and then it was the youngest kids that sat there. And Mm -hmm. it, it, the first time we were in conversation as a group of adults and one of my aunts cussed in front of me and we all, all three of the girls that were in the kitchen helping clean up from dinner kind of looked at my aunt and she was like, what? You're old enough to hear that. All of our chests <laughs> puffed out. We were like, yes, we are old enough to hear that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, it, yeah. it, it, it kind of graduates you into Hey, I am an adult now. Yes. And if nothing else, I'm getting old enough to understand that, you know, I know where babies came from. It might be gross, but I know you and dad fucked. That's how come I'm here. So, you know, let's move in to the realm of being real. Well, I have a feeling that my mom never talked about that. Like the whole sexy time between mom and dad or you know didn't give me the heads up didn't teach me about fucking didn't teach me about a lot of things <laughs> I mean I think you like I said I think it was at a Denny's the first time I heard fuck and I thought it was the greatest word ever yeah my my grandmother used to say all the time I had seven children, only five survived, but my God, that that man had crawled up on top of me one more time. I'd have knocked him out with my damn rosary. 
Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, we, we, my grandmother was a pretty, um, you know, she was a peasant. She was a Sicilian peasant. So the things that were right and wrong to her were not the same things that were right and wrong in society as a large, you know, at large. So yeah. we heard cussing a lot when we were kids. We heard about, <laughs> I mean, it's, it is wrong to cheat on your spouse. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get that yeah. out there to begin with. But my grandmother used <laughs> to say, oh, my God, I hope he has a girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> the, I get it. I get that right. joke. Right. Because she just was done. Seven babies, <laughs> two losses, raising five children on wow. $1.38 a day. I mean, enough's enough. Don't you come near me with that thing again. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, that was back when they used. They didn't even use the rhythm method. No. No. So let's get back to swearing. Since I didn't get to see a lot of it, what would you say is your favorite part of it? Okay, so I think my favorite part of it was that they did the the history behind swear words. They actually were using those words as just a benign expletive. It started out like the word bitch was used to describe a female dog until someone came and turned it into a derogatory remark about women. You know, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. So shit benign word until somebody turns it into you're a piece of yes exactly yes and then the word fuck was just um a word to describe an act and then or maybe um yeah it wasn't you know the sexual act and whatever and then someone came along and fucked over right you were fucked over you know they turned it into negative it was like right. a negative right so they're all they were all viewed as benign words until that moment right right and well, go on i'm sorry no i that i was just gonna explain that even miriam webster was in this documentary they had a woman who actually takes the words and documents them in Webster's Dictionary. Wow. That's all she does. Wow. So that was my favorite part. So I have to say, when you were talking about that, taking benign words and making them something other than what they were or mean, it's like, you know, and please, I, I mean, no offense to anyone. I'm going to say this, though, the way it needs to be said for this conversation. You're going to so be real inst- about it. I am. So, for instance, the word faggot, that does not mean a homosexual man. If you look it up in the dictionary, Cigarette. it means six. Well, it actually means six sticks tied together to help create a place for a fire to start and in yeah. english slang and in, you know over in england a faggot is a cigarette yeah right 
but you know, humans took that word and created something derogatory out of it. Exactly. Now, I will not say the N word, but the same goes for the N word. In the dictionary, that just means a person of poor financial and physical standard. Right. Right? It's human yeah. beings who took that word and turned it into something terrible. Well, and I'm going to go off topic for a millisecond, and then we'll go back. But <laughs> the same can be said about the Bible. The same can be said about any book ever written is that people take the meaning or even the words that you say, people will take the meaning and manipulate it into their perspective. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But swear words, I feel like I've been robbed. Well, I think the thing, and, and I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning. I think the thing is that I don't ever want to come across in my life like I'm better than anyone or I am perfect. Or And cussing is kind of a very human thing. When your emotions are high, good or bad, when your emotions are raw, good or bad, there are words that really accentuate the English language and make those things punctuated with an exclamation point or a, you know, a yeah. smiley face emoji. And a lot of times just the regular words aren't going to do it. They're just not. It's right. just not. It's not the same. Just, you know, to say, oh, I'm terrifically happy. Yeah, okay, I'm terrifically happy. But when you say, I am fucking so goddamn happy right now, people That's understand awesome. you're yeah. at the pinnacle. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it definitely could swing both ways. You right. Know? I could yeah. not be more fucked right now, dude. Exactly. I am so fucked. Motherfucker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know right. I mean and what I was saying before about my feeling a little robbed is that I enjoy those words I enjoy using those words and I feel like there are times here's the other I guess the caveat if you will there's a time and a place for these words you wouldn't be able to like in the office, you should. I, I think you should. But. Right, but you're not. You're not allowed to because too many people are so overly sensitive that the you know. And I understand in a way. Do you know what? I, in a way, because you know, I don't know that I want to be cussed at. I can be honest about that. If you're upset with me, let's talk. If cussing happens in the, you know, process of us having a conversation, I'm okay with that. I'm an adult. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I definitely do not want you coming, not you personally, I mean the general you, coming at me in anger, cussing me out. So I'm not saying people shouldn't be 
sensitive to being cussed at or around, but there's too far too much sensitivity in everyday life to our words. They're yeah. words. It's kind of like what we were talking about last week. Week do not apply so much dang meaning, meaning. to my words like that. Yeah. I have, you know. I'm 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 talking to you the way I would talk to anybody, and if some cuss words slip out, why do you have to go to HR about it? <laughs> you know what like, I mean? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. I um, that's a whole nother podcast. That yeah. topic we should yeah <laughs> definitely do an HR version of <laughs> you know that topic. But the politically correct workplace yeah, and what a taster it is. Yeah, I and that's why I like a kitchen. When Sean had Mima's, we had Mima's Alaskan Tacos in Ybor City. The cool thing about the kitchen is you could say, like, I didn't care. The kids would, the kids would cuss. I didn't care. Right. It's a kitchen. It's like it's right. like being on a ship. You know, right. you got a captain, a co-captain, you've got all the, um, the deck crew, uh, and that's how the kitchen was and pass me the fucking this and that, and yep. I can do this for me. And, you know, yep. that's yep. how a kitchen is a kitchen cussing is very necessary. Yes. If you don't, oh, God damn it. I cut my finger. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's an example. I just think a, a good kitchen, unless you're classically trained and everybody. No, even, so... in them, even in them. I yeah. worked in Maison Maison Place's kitchen and Marty okay. Blitz is a classically trained French and American cuisine chef. And it's like a bunch of dang sailors on that galley. So, and, See, that, so. and I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think mm. that that's another thing about swear words that is kind of a mystery to me. Like, why are they acceptable in some places, but not in others? Like, if I went to church on Sunday mornings, which by the way, listeners, I do not because I think church is phony baloney and only is there to take <laughs> your money. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's say I go to church on Sunday mornings and on Saturday night, I bought a lottery ticket. And because I'm really not a churchgoer, I'm actually looking at my phone, checking my lottery numbers and I win. Am I not supposed to jump up and go, fucking yay, I won because I'm in church? Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, I do it if I was in the public. I do it if I was that way. You do it anywhere you damn well please. Right. That's the way I am. I am. I am who I. That's why I don't go into a church. Right. Me too. I wouldn't go there because I'm a very spiritual person, and my beliefs stem from. Um, kindness, no judgment, and mindfulness. That's it. That's the base for everything that I do. And right. I don't believe that when I go into church, it's all about judging people and, and all <laughs> of that. Don't, I don't go into church because I don't want the goddamn thunderbolt 
for lightning bolt. That's right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, motherfucker, I'd, I'd sit there and I'd say yeah. something yeah. to somebody. Yep. And, and oh my like, God, it would be on priests, mad, nuns, genuflecting. It would be terrible. Get that demon out of our church. I, you know, it's just hard for me to be in that kind of an environment, even if it was like the sweetest people and they were not judgmental from, from everything, you know, about churches, it's almost like that's pretty much the bottom line. Right. Behavior right. go. Right. It's funny too. I, I have to say the only other place that I can remember being censured like every word i said completely censured was marine corps boot camp you oh, right oh there was definitely no no extra words thrown in you kept it short and sweet and to the point and god forbid you were a stutterer oh <laughs> <And> my so, <laughs> god so i can't and it really was imagine. there was no swearing none you didn't even even if your drill instructor was in your face saying, I think you're the biggest fucking asshole. Tell me you think I'm the biggest fucking asshole. Your answer back is, ma'am, no, ma'am. You are not a you-know-what, ma'am. You're not going to say those words. Do you know what I mean? You're just not. Because yeah. you're going to dig and your whole platoon is going to dig because you were stupid enough to repeat those words at your drill instructor. So that was the only other place in my life that I was ever totally censured, but it was for the point of, you know, in, in the in boot camp, they strip all of the civilian thinking out of you to build up the military. And part of a military mm -hmm. mindset is you take orders. You don't question them, you don't talk back, you don't, do you know what I mean? Right. And so your your very words, everything you think and are and you know is censured because you're not going to disrespect rank you're not gonna that kind of thing it's really the only other place in my life that i could ever remember having someone censure me at a certain point in my family especially after my mother passed away those adults just they were like who's gonna try to control lauren <laughs> Oh. Nobody. Right. Not after that. <laughs> right. so are you a sergeant? What are your, what's your. So I got, I, I, everybody goes into the Marine Corps, you know, boot camp, you're just a recruit. Um, but when I got, went into the Marine Corps, I already had my associate's degree. So that meant when I graduated boot camp, instead of being a private, I was a private first class. I picked wow. up Lance. I picked up Lance Corporal and Corporal meritoriously. So by the time I had been in the Marine Corps, not even three years, I was already a corporal. And I had my corporal stripes on for a year when I got nominated by my MAG Sergeant Major to go up for meritorious sergeant. And I actually won meritorious sergeant, um, but two days before they got ready to pin on my meritorious rank, my number came in in my MOS. And so I was going to pin on sergeant anyway, um, like that day. And my sergeant right. major came to me and he said, hey, you know, Corporal Matta, because until you pin on your rank, you're not that rank. 
Do you know right, what I mean? Right, yeah. It's kind of like a friend who taught me, you're not the age, you're, you're the age you are until your birthday. Then you're the next age. So right. on September 3rd, I'm still 57. On September 4th, I'll be 58. <laughs> yeah. Then so, that's the way it is in the Marine Corps. You're not the next rank until they pin, pin it on you. Oh, so, so they didn't pin it on you. But I well, still want to call you Sergeant Maddox. Well, I am. No, I, I did get it. But he, my sergeant major came to me and he said, look, you know, you won the meritorious sergeant, but your number also came in. And I can pin you sergeant today, according to, you know, your number, or you can take your meritorious rank. He said, either way, we're going to write you a letter of, uh, letter of, um, merit of mast letter because no one's ever scored as high in a meritorious sergeant competition as you have and so Whoa. even if we don't pin it on you meritoriously we're going to make sure your record book reflects that you were going to win that competition what's and meritoriously said, meritoriously means i earned it through a series of competitive steps where i beat out all these other corporals from 26 other squadrons and three other platoons. Oh, shit. Right. So I actually beat out about 35 people to come in first place to gain one meritorious sergeant, in, you know, gets pinned every three months. So four a year, one a quarter. So. Well, motherfucker. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is literally what I said to Sergeant Major. So Sergeant Major, who came in second? And he was like, why, Corporal Matt? I was like, I'm just wondering who came in second. And he said, well, it was the female corporal from S1. Yep, I'll give her the meritorious sergeant. I'll take my number because I wanted her to get it. She was, oh, if I had wow. lost her, I would have been like, right on, sister. You are the fucking epitome of a female Marine. If I don't get it, I want you to get it. Like if I had not picked up my rank through my MOS number, I would have been happy to lose to her. She was an outstanding Marine. So, oh, well, that's sweet. That's so, yeah. well, but either way, I got out of the Marine Corps after nine years as a sergeant and I spent most of my Marine Corps career as a sergeant. So, I am Sergeant Matta. Sergeant Matta, I love it. Very <laughs> cool. Well, yes. back to cursing, Sergeant yes. Matta. Fuck yeah. Um, so, I, I still want you to finish watching that documentary. I absolutely was, will. Yeah, it was it was really good. I think, I think my favorite curse word had to be fuck. Isn't it everybody's? it should if it's not it should be i think but like the girls were saying you know they just have a different perspective on on curse words because of their parents you know right so and i think the older we get one and or the newer we are when we're born like millennials i have to say their viewpoint on cussing is kind of like mine. It's like it's completely benign, and it just seems complete. It seems unreasonable for these words to carry so much weight. What do you think? 
Well, I, you know what? I'm, I agree. I totally agree. But I want to give you another perspective to think of it from. So my, I have a son, his name is Anthony and he is 32 years old this month. He'll be 32 on July 22nd. And he is the light of my life. I love him dearly. He is tall, six foot one, handsome, dark haired, big, beautiful brown eyes. He's strong. He's intelligent. He's funny. But with me, and I have to say, in all honesty, it's because of how I raised him. Uh, I was not a hider. I didn't hide that I smoked pot. I didn't hide that I cussed. I didn't hide the fact that all three of my children have three different fathers. I, why am I hiding my life from you? I'm your mother. Right. You know, yeah. right? Why would I start out with lies that I then have to go back and correct? Yeah, thank you for not so, doing that. So, you know, my kids pretty much always got the truth for me. My son is also very quick to anger and has a pretty bad temper. And so remember earlier when I was saying nobody likes to be cussed at or in the moment of anger be called cuss words. And I can take it a lot easier from a stranger or if myself and a friend or an acquaintance are having an argument than I can when somebody who loves me or claims to love me is cussing me out like I'm a stranger. Right. And, and so as much as I want to say that I agree that those words are benign, they're not benign when they're strung together in a series of words that is meant to hurt you and are flung at you in anger and contempt. Like, don't ever call me a fucking bitch cunt whore and think that I'm just going to let those four benign words fall to the ground because they don't really mean anything. If you called me that in a moment of anger, you better get ready to pick up your teeth because I'm going to knock you fucking out. Well, (laughs) here's the thing too. When and and if he told you anything else, it would have been gaslighting because when somebody says something like that to you, they're assigning a meaning to the words before they let you have them. Right. It's whether you want to agree with those words. Like um, for me, nope, you wouldn't yeah. get me to agree to, to that. Right. And, and, and I understand what you're saying on many levels, intellectual and spiritual. However, when your 16 year old angry son is calling you a whore because you had three children by three different men. And so that must make you a whore. There is a meaning to that word that I took exactly the way he was throwing at me in him being angry with me in the moment and trying to hurt me, which is why he ended up slapped pretty damn hard in the mouth. Cause you're That's not going to so talk. Funny. How many guys did you beat up Sergeant Maddox? <laughs> huh? But you know what I'm saying? It's there's cuss words. I think are such a, they sit on such a knife's edge. Do you know what I mean, Kim? Yeah. When they're used like by a comedian, they're funny, they can be uplifting and they can convey a meaning that gets you to think. 
But when they're thrown at you in anger and they're in the middle of a fight that you're having with a friend or a lover or a child, they can really cut to the quick. Yeah. And that's, I usually like to be gone before that happens. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't, I don't ever want to be in that situation. And I think I have graduated from that. I have too. And, and so is my son. Now, remember I said 16. At yeah. 32, he doesn't do that much anymore. When he gets mad, he might still cuss. But he's not throwing those words at me as a way to hurt me. Right. It's just he's cussing and he's angry. And it happens to be me he's talking to at the moment. So everybody's a little more enlightened. Yes. Yeah. Oh, a absolutely. You know, 16 years later, he also knows that if I say, hey, Ann, I've had enough. You're angry over something that everybody understands. You have a right to be angry. Nice. Now stop. He stops, you know, everybody grows up eventually and learns lessons at 16. He was bullheaded at 32. Not so bullheaded, <laughs> not so bullheaded anymore. He started, I mean, this is the same young man who's come to me multiple times since he started dating a woman who has two children and is going through a pretty rough divorce and has looked me dead in the eyes and said, I don't understand how you did it. How did you raise Claire and I by yourself? No help from anyone. No money, no time off. Just you and three jobs and us. How did you do it? Because you just, you, you do it. Right. I mean, you, that, you just do it. You don't even think about it. You just right. make it happen. You don't right. even act afraid. You, no. There's no you time. No. There's and no this time. isn't this wasn't strangers I was raising there my children. Right. What was I supposed to do? Not you do it. Protected them the best <laughs> that you could and right. you know, and I'm sure you let an F bomb or two at oh, the table. Many. You know? <laughs> but I mean that's many. the biggest thing. And and the same can be said for animals. You just do it. You get yes. up and you're present and you're like I get up and I take him for a walk every single day, twice a day. Yeah. If I can't do twice a day, I do a really long one in the morning. Um, and then you know Elizabeth comes yep. and lets him out. And she's know, fucking awesome, by the way. She really is. <laughs> she really is. That girl, let me tell yep. you something. She really is a very decent, warm hearted woman she really is i can't even throw a cuss word in there to try to make it funny because no elizabeth is I just will, a good i will explain i will give a little backstory so when i first moved here i didn't know anybody my mom had died and i was pretty now talk about insecure i was alone i didn't know from one minute to the next what i'd be doing i didn't know where money would be coming from nothing and Elizabeth shows up on my doorstep. And, um, you know, I didn't know Elizabeth has aut autism. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know she had autism. Um, I just went with it. I'm like, I, that's, I'm a nurse, you know, I deal with 
cognitive issues all the time. I knew there was something there. I just didn't know what it was. And then about, I don't know, a couple of hours later, she let me know that she was on the spectrum and she had autism. But do you know that she got my water heater put in? She got my air conditioner fixed. She got Ethan to come over and work on a few things. Um, Yeah. I mean, that was just my first meeting with her. And since then she's been taking care of Thurston and let's say I had to leave for a trip or whatever. She would come over here and hang out with him and, The only thing we have to get over or I had to get over is that she has her thoughts. I have no, I shouldn't have assign any meaning to them because sometimes they're complete gibberish. Right. To me. Right. But they mean something to her. To her. So what I do is I listen. Yep. Yep. I have learned with Elizabeth more than anything else that when I am with her, when I am, you know, in her company, I have to step out of being me. And I have to let Elizabeth kind of take the lead. Right. And it be okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it is okay. I am very happy with Elizabeth, you know, talking with Elizabeth in that mindset. I could talk to her forever. If I right. tried to, like you and I can have really heavy, you know, sway this way, go that way. Oops, sharp left turn. Right. Exactly. Conversations. Yeah. No, with Elizabeth, I have to let her take the lead. She has to be the one who kind of constructs the conversation and that's okay with me because like you said she's on the spectrum and it is just easier to follow her lead and we always end up talking about her dog princess your dog thurston she seems to be a good cook so we talk about food she loves to take care of princess and cook for her so these subjects make it damned easy to have a conversation with a person whose heart is so fucking big that it's hard for me to interject myself there. Do you know right. what I mean? So right. she's just a very decent human and I am glad to have her as a part of my existence. Oh, well, thank you. I feel the same way. And I, and this is how I, be, and I know we're going off topic, but to talk about such a good human that it's, it's a good opportunity to share. And she, she, she has tested me a few times, but then I learned from it. I learned how I can be better and I can be a better listener and I can not assign a meaning to her words because when I do that, she fucking pisses me off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I have to be like, okay, she doesn't mean the same thing that I mean. Right. So, right. Yeah. It can be exasperating. Yes. Yes. But she's a, a beautiful, beautiful human. 
yes, she's got a, she's got one of those hearts and it's hard to be angry with her. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it is, it is. Well, I think we've talked about swear words. We've pretty much touched base on, I just wanted to do a, kind of a light overview on it. I, trying to be a part of those people that are destigmatized. You know, like just yes. like marijuana, we need to destigmatize. Oh, I want to do that. a talk about marijuana one night. Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll do I that. I do. I think that would be a really fun topic. I mean, I was born in 1963. I started smoking marijuana when I was 13. I think I tripped on mushrooms the first time when I was 14. And the only wow. time I can say in my entire life that I spend a long period of time not engaging in anything because alcohol's never really been my thing, not a big drinker. Right. Um, is the Marine Corps. And of course, I you know, they pop a piss test whenever they want. So I never took a chance. So for the nine years I was in the Marine Corps, I never, ever, ever fucking strayed off the straight and narrow. Um, but within like six months of being out, I was smoking pot again. So uh, I just think marijuana is this natural, beautiful thing. And people who are uptight about it need to like get an enema or something. That's so funny. Well, and they're, they're in with that too. Like, okay, so fear over curse words, right? Think of the fear, like um, at Sean's, he has reefer madness and this other um, marijuana movie, old movie poster. And that was when they said that if you smoked it, you lost your mind. You'd need to go to the crazy house. Right. You know, right. that was... That was how they were programming people. They were literally, and and there's movies from the 1940s or even the 30s showing how they have been, they've been programming human beings since the dawn of time. Yeah. Now they just do it through television. And so little old ladies and They've been told their whole lives how bad marijuana is, and now it's legal in places. Yeah. You know, so they yep. had their beliefs. And then there was me. My dad um, used to tell call people that smoked weed dopers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. In fact, so, but I was that person in my family. And it was so funny because one Christmas, I remember it was after my mother had passed away and before my grandpa Joe had passed away, we were all at my Aunt Rose house and she had the oldest of all the grandchildren. And I was sitting on the stairs that led up to the bedrooms and I could smell them smoking, her kids smoking upstairs. And I went and I got my two uncles who hated me 
to this day still hate me, like act like I wasn't <laughs> even born to that family, which That's does not terrible. Me. Oh, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, they are terrible humans. So why do you care if terrible people don't oh, like? I, you? Yeah, I don't. Yay! Care, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I go into the kitchen where they're playing pinochle and having coffee and cake, and I was like, well. I guess I'm not the only one who's an ass in this family, an asshole in this family, because Aunt Rose kids are smoking pot upstairs. You can smell it on the stairs. And their father, my Uncle Clark, both of my uncles, my Uncle Lou and my Uncle Frank, and their mother, my Aunt Rose, hmm. all get up and go marching up the steps. And they're like, motherfucker. I mean, they were so mad because I was supposed uh -huh. to be the in the family. And there are the five perfect Oster children, my older sister, Michelle, and my uncle Lou's oldest daughter, Karen, stoned out of their minds. But I was supposed to be the bad girl. So, yeah, it was a good day for Lauren. <laughs> well, OK, so that'll be our next podcast and it'll yes. be on marijuana. Yes. So. Thank you, everybody, for signing on and listening to Naked Onion Mystery Tours podcast, where we discuss, what did we discuss again? <laughs> we discussed swear words swear and how words. people should fucking get their panties out of a wad yeah. about damn swear words. Holy mother. mother Shit and shingles. Fucker. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love you, Miss Edith. I love you too, Sergeant Matta. <laughs> All right. I can't yeah. wait till our next one. Yep. Me either. Thanks. Have a good night. Bye, honey. Bye.